Welcome back, everybody, to Educating for Eternity, where we talk about all things involving Christian education and the raising of our students. I am Scott Luttrell. I'm the principal at Christian Academy of Indiana. How are you all doing today? I'm offended, if I'm being honest. Why are you offended, Alicia? Um, well, you see, I've known this man to my right, known as Kevin Wilson, for 12 years now. And that's a long time. I feel like it's a significant chunk of my life. I'm 34 years old. Uh, you know, been here a long time, known him a long time. And this man just dropped the bomb on me that he knows John Maxwell. John Maxwell. He just knows him, like knows him, um, has has for a very long time. And for those and that don't know, John Maxwell is a very famous leadership author and speaker, like world famous. Yeah, like kind of a really, really big deal, Kevin. Something you tell your friends, like casually, you know. Hey, this one time with John Maxwell, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> hey, would you ever like to meet John Maxwell, dot, dot, dot. You know, things like that. I'm just trying to be humble. The, oh, my <laughs> Okay, so that's where I'm at. Other than that, I'm really good, you know? How many more days, weeks till you have a baby? Uh, well, you know, that's a question for the Lord, Mr. Luttrell. But um, I will be 38 weeks on Thursday. Thank so wow. I am close. Mr. Wilson, other than offending people, how are you today? <laughs> I'm doing marvelous. Thank you. Wonderful. Well, we are now into the season of the school year where things are rolling right along. One of the things I like to say the last couple of weeks is that we've been dealing with a lot of school issues rather than public health issues this year, which has been very good. So as we dive into this episode, the thing we're going to talk about today is how important it is for all of our students, whether they are young or old, to have different Christian leaders actively involved in their lives. So many of us often think that we are alone and that it is our job and our job only to really impact our students just for all that needs to be done. So we're excited today to talk about how important it is to have Christian mentors in your kids' lives. We are excited to be joined today by Miss Hannah Beckley. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you for having me. So Hannah works for us. and I will let her introduce herself, her background, and about what she's been doing. Yes, so I'm Hannah Beckley. I graduated from here in 2018. I am now the athletic coordinator. I am a lifer through and through. Um, my mom has now been working in this school system for over 40 years. My grandma was at the Graceland campus in administration before we came here to this campus. So yes, uh, Christian Academy runs through my blood and it's been a big blessing for me and my entire family. And this is my third year here, and it did not take me long to realize that Mrs. Beckley, uh, Hannah's mother, is just a phenomenal teacher. She had my daughter last year. And after teaching 40 years, you can either be an old 40-year teacher or you can be an experienced 40-year teacher, and that she is definitely experienced. So we brought in Hannah to have a different opinion, someone who was raised in a very good, strong Christian home. And there's been a lot of people that have come through Hannah's life that uh, have really impacted her and mentored her. So Alicia was one of those teachers that had Hannah. So we let her ask Hannah a few questions. Okay, so Hannah, you said lifer, and for people that aren't a part of Christian Academy, that essentially means Hannah started here. Did you start here in pre-K or kindergarten? Um, so I started pre-K at Graceland, but then the first year on this campus was my kindergarten year. Okay. So I went K through 12 on this campus, but I did start on the Graceland campus. So pre-K through 12 in a Christian school setting, so you know firsthand what that um, does for you in your formative educational years and emotional years. But tell us about the role mentors had in your lives, specifically here, um, if you don't mind, at any of those levels, whether it be like elementary or middle school or high school, what role did mentors have in your life? 
I would say they played a huge role in every stage, but for different reasons. In elementary, it was a lot of familiar faces and, you know, um, just helping you with the day to day things and just being encouragement um, and excited about subject, excited about learning. And then as you get into middle school and you get into high school, those things kind of change and it's more dealing with real life issues outside of school. Um, you're looking towards the future. You're looking towards what you're going to do with your life. Um, families, you know, family things come up, friends, things comes up. Um, and just, just having mentors to help you through that, um, to have someone that is there to listen, that is there to guide. Um, and that is there to also offer advice, um, when they were in similar situations really just made so much of a difference for me. And I think that's one of the best things about coming to a school like this is that you just have so many people that are willing to help you with more than just a subject that they're teaching you. And one of the things that you said really prompted a statement that I often make, and that is the idea that our goal here to Christian school is to have our students look to their teachers for advice. I'd rather them get advice from a 40 year old than a 14 year old. And so filling your world with people around you who have that biblical wisdom is very important. So elementary school, does somebody come to mind? You can definitely leave them anonymous, but is there a person during those years, which is like K through five that you can think of that made a really big impact on you? Do you have an example? I don't know if I have one example. I think just in different ways, when I look back on elementary, it was just a lot of mentors or teachers really just showing me how to love God through their love of subject. So whether that's in music or whether that was through math or whatever, but just them loving what they do and loving the students because of their love for God, I think just really sticks out to me. Tell us about middle school. I lovingly call middle school a range of the strange. Middle school is a hard time. Um, is there anybody in particular or a, you know, season that really stands out that there was a person that you were grateful that was here for you? I would definitely say, I think it was my sixth or seventh grade year. There were a couple that still stick out to me now. I don't have any contact with them, unfortunately, but just seeing they were younger teachers and seeing how they were coming out of college and just seeing their love for God at such a young age. Um, was really inspiring to me and just really encouraging that, hey, th there are people that really are on fire for the Lord. Um, and just seeing how that translated into the classroom was really, really cool for me. Yeah. Outside of your house, outside of your church, like Absolutely. in your school, you know. Um, one more. High school. Tell us about high school and the role that they played for you then. High school. What a crazy four years. Um, I loved my high school experience, though. I think a lot of people look back um, with kind of some terror or some fright to their high school years. But I loved mine. And I think a lot of that was just people that were here. And I think one thing that makes this school different is that the teachers, the personnel, the staff, the faculty, all of a lot of them really want to pour into students. And so they're not just looking for kids to show up and get, turn in assignments, but they're asking about their day, your day. They're asking about assignments. How, how are you doing outside of them? How's school going? How's family going? Um, and my high school year specifically, um, this school went through some really difficult things with some students. Um, and just seeing how the faculty came to our support was really helpful um, and really encouraging and just seeing, hey, like they do want you to do well in the classroom, but ultimately they are there to encourage you spiritually and to walk that journey with you. And I think that that is one of the biggest takeaways from my high school career is that there are people here and that I'm still in contact with that want to walk that spiritual journey with you, whether that is in the classroom or not. So if I were to ask a question, think about your high school time, can you think of any specific stories where there was somebody that specifically poured into your life, took extra time that you remember was a tangible moment for you? 
Yes, actually, Mr. Wilson here in the room comes to mind. I was, I think it was my senior year and I was looking to kind of figure out what I want to do, right? The million dollar question, what are you going to do when you get, graduate high school? Um, I was an athlete here and so I decided, hey, I think I want to do something with athletics. So I started looking at sports administration and I remember, I think it was actually towards my junior year that I sat down, went to his office and we started looking at my schedule and he said, hey, how about for next year, instead of having you have this filler class, we'll put you in a study hall, but actually you'll intern with the athletic office and we'll let you get some real world experience about what it's going to look like if you wanted to um, go into that field. And fast forward five years later, I'm now an athletic coordinator here, um, which is great. And so I definitely look back on that wisdom that he imparted on me of, hey, if you really want to do this, let's go ahead and start getting you experience now. And that is just that stuck with me for a while just to see that he kind of thought outside of the box rather than, hey, let's just find another class. Let's actually go ahead and give her some experience while she's here under our roof, which was really cool. I think a lot of times we think of mentoring and we think of, hey, I'm going to pick up a kid. We're going to go bowling. We're going to go out to dinner and we're going to have this real intentional time rather than realizing that so much is lived in those mundane moments, day in, day out, casual conversation with the counselor, a casual conversation with the teacher. So when I think about my life, um, man, I, I was raised in a good Christian home, went to a good, strong church, went to a Christian school. And when I think about why I got into Christian education, I don't have like this one aha moment and I never really realized it, but there was a, the head of our school, the administrator's name was Bill Newton. And I knew when I was a student that he was a good leader, a good man, servant heart. But it wasn't until later in my life that I got into, got into education and I started thinking about what I wanted to do and who I wanted to emulate. And the only person that came to my mind was Bill Newton. Well, the main person that came to my mind was Bill Newton. So there was a lot of mentoring that he was doing that we didn't even know about because I was just watching day in, day out, a godly man who decided after a ball game as the head of the school, he was going to make sure that the gym was swept. And so he was sleeping the floors. He was coming in early. He was staying late. He was subbing for classes. And so he was just a huge, huge mentor to me, I guess really even now when I look back at his life. I would piggyback off that. I think that is one thing that also sticks out is that, yes, here, you know, you have intentional times. We had Bible studies and we had chapels, but then we had teachers that didn't just set out to say, okay, let me check this box. Let me find a kid. Let me disciple them for the year. It was just natural. I believe is really what I saw is just natural ability to speak into kids, whether that was five minutes in between passing periods after school, um, getting a Bible study together outside of curriculum. And that is really really encouraging to look back on just to see that natural um, progression with our teachers. You know, I think that uh, brings up a point too, as we, as parents or grandparents, as we think about it, what adults are, are influencing our kids? What adults are around our kids? As parents and grandparents, we uh, be intentional so we can have the right people around them to influence them, that we want those right messages being spoken into their lives because so much of the mentoring, uh, it is like Scott said, it is just the day by day things. It's not that we necessarily set out with the intention saying, oh, I'm going to go mentor this student today. It's just what happens in the flow of life. And so think about what adults are in the flow of life with my children. And we need to be very intentional thinking, okay, where, where will I place my child? Under whose supervision will I place my child? In what athletic situations, what extracurricular situations, what educational system will I place my child in, knowing that the adults that will be around my child are going to have a huge impact just in the day-to-day -day flow. I think it's important to remember, too, that everybody has a worldview. Everybody does. 
And so how important is it to find people in your life or in your kids' lives that have the same worldview? Now, I played Little League Baseball growing up, and there were some coaches that I had that were good coaches, definitely did not follow their worldview. I don't think it's an, I don't think you can shelter your kids all day long, but when you have the option, uh, when you have the option, I think you should absolutely find some people with a Christian worldview that can come alongside what you're doing and reinforce what you're doing at home. So how can the school like best provide that? Like, is it, is it, we're just saying going to organically happen? Are there opportunities that we have here that you guys want to speak on? Is there specific avenues that you guys want to say that we offer? Because this is the school partnership, right? So when I think about what we do as a school, and hopefully all Christian schools are doing this, the very first thing that comes to mind is the hiring process. And so we have an extremely thorough application. When I went to apply here, I almost just gave up. But I think that's kind of the point. Let's find people that want to be here. And so when I get to do interviews, yes, I want great math teachers and great science teachers. I want that. I want people who love students. But the first thing that we talk about is, do you love God? I think out of that naturally comes then the ability to speak into students' lives. But you got to find teachers who can communicate and relate to students. How often have we found in our own lives, we're under a teacher who doesn't seem to know how kids work. You've got to be able to find people that can communicate well. So the first thing I would say is hiring good people that are relatable. They need to be able to have a relationship with a student. The second thing would be, how do you build your uh, extra events and your curriculum? And how do you build your course schedule so that certain students are in certain teachers' lives? So for us here, you know, we offered a Bible study program. What I love about the Bible study program is it meets five times a quarter. Students are required to sign up for one. And the teachers lead them. So you have the math teacher, the science teacher, the history teacher. I get to lead one. Everybody is able to, to lead one. Mr. Wilson leads one. And so it gives us direct intentional time, but it's whatever the teacher wants. And so if I'm really passionate, we're doing one right now on King David. I'm real passionate about that. And so every Thursday for five weeks, we meet. And that is such intentional time that the students get me when we're not talking about math. We're not talking about discipline. We're not talking about band. Those extra times. Then coaching, I think, is the last one that comes to my mind where... I mean, I had the privilege of coaching middle school soccer for five years, and I coached middle uh, varsity soccer as well for a couple of years. And the time that I spent with those kids was so impactful. And those are the kids that I built the best relationships with. Those are the ones that when I go back to my previous schools that I see. How else can we build different mentoring opportunities into our school? Okay. Well, I first want to go ahead and mention that remember public school product here. Um, just because I was at a public school didn't mean that I didn't have good leaders in that building that I knew that I could go to from time to time. And honestly, um, I did. I, I relied on them. And of course, I had my youth group leaders at church. I would say if I could do one thing differently, I'll be the bad rotten egg at the table. If I could do one thing differently when it came to really taking advantage of the people that my parents had strategically put around me, whether it was their family, like our family friends, friends of theirs, whether it was the youth leaders at my church, which are still besties with my parents, um, and still doing the thing, man. They're still caring about the next generation. The I wish I would have let myself be an open book and actually go to them with the things I was dealing with, like transparently, not just hiding it all. So I, I think you've got two sides of the coin. Parents need to be strategic about placing kids there, but it really is up to the kid to really own that relationship and get as much out of it as they could, like being honest with their struggles and asking for advice about really specific things, letting down that veil of pride. I have a funny story that I will share. 
that my dad totally knows about. And if he ever listens to this, then it's going to be really funny that I am admitting that I know that he knows. But for example, like the first time I got a ticket, first time I got a speeding ticket, I was, I was too afraid to tell my family. Okay. And I had the money to pay for it and I knew I needed to pay for it. But I also knew if I, I was in college already. I also knew that if I wrote a check to pay for that dang ticket, that they were going to see it and they were going to know, but I was too embarrassed to tell them, like, call it a flaw in me. I don't know what you all want to refer to it as listening world, but, um, I convinced my dad's best friend, Terry, who was my youth pastor. I convinced him. I said, Terry, I have the money. I don't want mom and dad to know. I need you to write a check. I'm going to give you the cash. I need you to write a check and pay for this. Right. He was like, Alicia, I can't, I can't lie to your dad. I can't lie to your dad. I said, you're not lying to him. If he's not asking Terry, I need you. I need you. You told me before I went to college, if I ever needed anything, he said, I did tell you that. I did tell you that Alicia. I was like, I'm asking you to write a check. Here's the cash. I need you to write a check and mail it. And he did it. And he fessed up to my dad like a year later. He's like, Doug, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something. And so it's so funny to watch my like how my 18 year old brain rationalized that. But just actually taking advantage of them, you know, be honest with your parents for crying out loud. If there's any students listening to this, just talk to them. But, um, you know, being brave enough, even the yucky stuff, I could have gotten much darker in this conversation than I just did with my innocent first speeding ticket. But being willing to be transparent so that they can speak into those situations, because honestly, parents, there are some things that your kids are going to be afraid to bring to you. It doesn't matter how healthy of a relationship you have. Um, if they have a trusted adult in their life that is going to be able to give them sound biblical wisdom and advice in those moments, and they're not afraid that they will look at them any differently, um, you know, prayerfully, I hope that they end up navigating and getting them to you, parents, and allowing you to speak into that situation as well. But it's just so crucial. And I know the students that have brought things to me that they're afraid to take to their parents. And so I've watched it time and time again. It will be like swallowing something terrible when my children do it to me. You know, I'm sure that that is not the best feeling in the world if your kids are afraid to tell you something. But having the peace of mind of knowing that village that's around you and that you have been intentional with giving them mentors that they can go to in those moments, I think is really pivotal. Yeah. And I think back uh, many years ago when my oldest daughter, uh, Christina, I think she's in fourth grade and we were talking about something at home and I said, whatever I said about whatever the subject was. And she was like, uh-uh, no, Mrs. So-and-so, her fourth grade teacher says this. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was just that situation that was like, wow, this teacher has a lot of clout. This teacher has a lot of influence. And, and that's why I say, you know, be so intentional, be thinking about what adults are we surrounding our children with? Because it, it matters and it makes a difference. And that's just, a, you know, a, maybe a, a small example from our lives. But we just saw that, that um, the influence that she had, uh, that teacher had over our fourth grade daughter was huge. And with that, I've heard, you know, the phrase is whoever, wherever a child hears something for the first time from, they right. become the subject matter expert. I've had the same thing. I've argued with Mrs. Beckley before in the, my home because <laughs> my daughter came and said that something happened. Well, it was clearly misunderstood. No, Mrs. Beckley said that. Well, no, well, Mrs. Beckley said it. And I had a family come through an interview at my previous school and their middle school child had autism and 
their point was we want him to be in a Christian school because the way his mind works, whoever tells him something is that that's truth. And so they were very, very careful to control the narrative in the biblical worldview because they knew that as soon as he heard something, he was going to believe it. And they wanted to control that. Now that's a, a specific rare example, but I think so often we forget that who you surround your children with completely matters. So we, we have big mentoring programs. But one of the things I want to make sure we understand is, there should always be people in our lives that are speaking into our students. So my wife and I, we're becoming more established in the area and we have friends and we love the idea that they now get to know our children. We're the only ones that get to see them behind the scenes and in the room, just, to, just the four of us in our house. But we really want to have people in their lives that can come alongside of them point out things, be able to pay speeding tickets, be able to do <laughs> things that matter. So if I keep looking at my own life, I can, different faces keep coming to my mind, whether it's a basketball coach here, or even now as a uh, principal, there are still people that speak into my life. And so it doesn't matter if you are eight or 18 or 36, it doesn't matter. People should always be able to speak into your life. Yeah. Hannah, do you want to just like, as a final note, do you want to reflect a little bit and think what if those people weren't in your lives? Like if you didn't have those people in school, right? Like you did at home, you did at church, but if those people weren't in your lives at school, how would your 12 years here have looked different? As I reflected just in general on my high school experience and even some of my friends' experiences, I would say that the ones that enjoyed it the most and had the most beneficial time here took the time to get to know the mentors and the mentors were present. And so I think if we didn't have those mentors, if we weren't vulnerable with those, if even some of our mentors weren't vulnerable with us, I think it would have really taken away a huge part of what makes this school system so special. And so, um, and so meaningful realistically of just having those people that you're seeing day in, day out that are speaking into you that, for more than yes, math, but even more so of why do we do math or why do we, you know, why do we learn math? Why do we learn English? Because it helps us learn about God, our creator, and it helps us communicate things about him. And so just seeing that day in, day out, if I was just here to learn a formula or to learn how to read, I think I would have really missed the part that makes the school system special. And so I tried to take that lesson into my, the college world. And it was a little more difficult because I wasn't in a Christian atmosphere. Um, there were Christians, of course, there. But getting to know Christians here that were living the life that they were telling us to live, I think made all the difference for me. That's good. I would also say if there are any students out there listening to this to take the time to get to know the teachers that are in your lives and the people, the coaches, the faculty, because they want to help you. And if you don't give them the time to help you, they can't help you. And this will be um, it will be one of the best parts of your experience if you allow it to be. And I will also encourage parents once again, and I will say if you're desiring that relationship, if you're desiring to have someone to be able to speak into your kids' lives and be there in those moments, whether it's navigating tough times, you want them to have somebody they can go to, any of those things like that, like you see that lacking in your student's life. You can keep an eye out. I would I would uh, maybe not force a relationship. Sometimes that can backfire a little bit. But if you want to organically watch, like eye in the sky, see what adults they gravitate towards. Um, see if there's an adult that they're going to to say hi. See if there's a teacher that they frequently visit before or after school or somebody that they're like adamant that they get a Christmas gift for. 
maybe in the church lobby, if they see a certain young adult or something or older adult, doesn't have to be young adult. If there's somebody that they're always like, oh, they're here today. And you see something light up in them or any kind of they're drawn to them a little bit. I would go after that person. Um, obviously, it's great if they're the same gender, but you're, you want to look for a nice organic like this is going to naturally work. They're going to click and they're going to be able to receive for them. Right. If they're if there's no connection at all, kids are going to have a really hard time receiving what that adult is trying to say to them. And you don't want to create a scenario where they don't want to mentor at all because they've had a horrible experience. So keep your eyes open for that natural, I guess, attraction of, you know, mentor relationship. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, that natural mentor relationship that you're talking about uh, was my band director. So shout out for band there, Alicia. Um, But my band director was also my brother-in-law, John Aylesworth. He had such a relationship with kids. There was nothing forced. There was nothing uh, mandated. Kids just loved him. Okay. They wanted to be around him. And so um, I saw that example from his life. And, and this is from a guy who was totally in a wheelchair. He had muscular dystrophy. He could not walk, yet the kids flocked to him. And so here we were, a small high school in Southern Indiana with well over a hundred kids in marching band because they wanted to be around him. So I saw his life. I saw the, the love he had for kids and how kids were drawn to him. And that certainly was an inspiration in my life. Matter of fact, I can remember the the eve before my first day of teaching back in 1986, I called him. I called him just to say, hey, I start my job tomorrow. <laughs> you know, what advice do you have to give me? And, you know, there wasn't anything profound. He just was like, just kind of go be yourself. And just, and that was just, but his life was so uh, impactful in my life. And he served such a, a mentor. But again, it wasn't the forced, it wasn't uh, something that he had to do. It was just the natural flow of his life day by day. I would also ask parents to pray for us. I remember you, Alicia, at the time you were Miss Aiken, telling us, I think in eighth grade, you know, as teachers, as faculty, we're held to a higher standard um, before the Lord. And we are responsible and accountable for what we do with these kids. So I would just encourage parents to pray for those adults that are in your kids' lives. Um, we take our our role in those in your kids' lives very seriously. And so I would ask that you would partner with us and pray for us as we speak into them because we are with them a lot. And that is a great thing and that we would just use that time well. So for me, as we kind of wrap this episode up, I would say that it's extremely important to partner with your child's mentors. You know, based on what Alicia was saying, just it's so important to see who they're gravitating to. And don't just say, oh, I'm glad they're there and walk away. Talk to that person, see what's going on. Obviously, there is a trust aspect you got to be careful with. But I think it's a huge value to be able to connect with the mentor so that you're communicating the same message. We got to be able to trust, too, that the mentors are going to come to you with big problems because you are still the parent. But that partnership is what we keep talking about here. You are responsible for helping your child in all areas of their lives. This is one thing where someone can help you in the mentoring process. All right. Well, hope you've enjoyed our episode today. We'll catch you next time. 